straight enough that we're thankful to be back at the house of the Lord. I appreciate your confidence in calling me. I don't know what you expect out of these services. I, if you expect me to do some great thing, you'll be sadly mistaken. You'll be disappointed. But I am looking for the Lord to pass by. For without Him, everything that we do is in vain. I'm thankful tonight for that last song. Sitting here in my heart, not real settled. I know some of you preachers know what I'm talking about. Sitting here in my heart, not real settled. And uh, began to sing that song, and God brought back to me something that He let me preach last week. I preached one night at Big Meta that there's no danger in the water. That was my thought for the night. And uh, preached about how Moses' parents regarded not Pharaoh, regarded not what he said in those days, but it said rather in Hebrews, it said they believed God. And uh, you know, they put little Moses in that little basket, they called it an ark over there, sent him right down the Nile, which is where they drowned the babies and the crocodiles would eat them. And uh, put him in the ark of God, they hid him away with God, floated him down the river, and as long as he was hid away with the Lord, there's no danger in the water. And I'm glad that I've got a hiding place tonight. I'm glad that I've got one that can take care of us. I'm glad that just for a little while that we can just throw ourselves on Him that He can help us one more time. Something on your heart tonight before we try to preach. I've got a few different places to read tonight. None of them's real lengthy, but you, uh, you pray for us. I want to get all my reading out of the way up front if I can. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Second Corinthians chapter number 1. I'll start at the 20th verse. It says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen. Unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul, that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith you stand. Second Peter tonight. Second Peter chapter number one. I'll start at the first verse. It says Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and and of Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, given all diligence, 
Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Then 1 John chapter number 5. It's the last place we'll read. Pray for us tonight. 1 John chapter number 5 in the 12th verse. It says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That's all that's on my heart tonight to read. and I just want to kindly feel my way into this because I don't know exactly where I need to start. But And you know, I got to thinking about this service tonight and got to thinking about what is needed in this place. And I certainly don't know what's needed in this place. Uh, you know, I, sometimes we get direction from God, but sometimes we don't. And all we can go by is what we feel. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this service and folks think, well, you come into revival and every single night you need to preach to those that's there that's lost. And I want to say to you tonight that I'm not one that subscribes to that frame of mind. I'm not, I just want to follow the Lord tonight. And listen, it don't matter if we preach to those that's lost. It don't matter if we preach to those that's saved. I'm fully persuaded that you in this church have had more preaching than the vast majority of the entire world will have in their lifetime. We're not short on hearing the Word of God, but I can say tonight that we are absolutely short on doing the Word of God. We're short sometimes on just falling through with what we already know. That can go to the lost or that can go to the saved life. But we're short on taking our part of this thing and stepping out on faith and going on for the glory of God. Listen, I want to say tonight that I'm so thankful that God can give assurance to every single one of His children. There's lots of religions today that teach that you can't know. They say you can't know if you're going to go to heaven. You just have to think that you're good enough. You just have to do enough good works and that one day when you stand before the judgment bar of God that you'll stand up there and you'll hope that your good outweighs your bad. But I'm glad that my trip to heaven and that my eternal security is not reliant upon me and my weak flesh and what I can do. I'm glad that the Bible says that it's not by works lest any man should boast. If you could work your way to heaven you might be higher than the man next to you. 
But listen, if it wasn't for the grace of God tonight, you and I would not have a right or a passage into that land. They ain't but two places that a man can go when he dies. That's either that heavenly country or that fiery hell. And there's no in-between tonight. You can try to act like you know that things is alright with you. But God knows your heart in this place. And I'm so thankful that it's possible tonight for a child of God to know without a shadow of doubt. That when you draw your last breath, that heaven will be your home. Listen, there's lots of verses tonight that gives the child of God assurance that lets us know that we have passed from death unto life. The Bible says that we know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We can know he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. It was written to us that we may know. And it's possible in this place tonight to know. Listen, you've been on the fence for too long. And you've said one thing for too long and practiced another for too long. Listen, your time is running out. I don't know what you believe about the end of time. But surely, surely, it's not going to be long before God begins to roll the clouds together and the mountains move from their place and the trumpet of God shall sound. Surely, surely, according to that book, that it won't be long before you stand in front of God. And listen, what you got on the inside, you better be sure that it's going to get you to that man. One day after a while. Listen, it's not something that you can play with. You can know. And you must know. It's imperative that you know without a shadow of doubt when you put your head on your pillow at night that you are a child of God. It's imperative tonight that you don't hope so. That maybe when I get there I'll be alright. But you can know that you have eternal life. Now listen, eternal life is not something that we hope to gain one day. And surely I will live forever one day after a while. But it says, He that hath the Son hath life. I've got eternal life right now. It's as good as mine. If something were to happen to me today, it's as good as mine. It's already been imparted to me as a 16 year old boy down on an altar in Sycamore Valley. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is enough to get me back. Now listen, you can play around tonight and you can act like you don't know, but His promises are yea and amen. It's a surety tonight. You play with God, but God does not play with you. He does not dangle salvation in front of your face and give it to you for a while just for it to be ripped back away from you. We can have assurance that we are the children of God. We know that we've passed from death unto life because there's a change that takes place on the inside. Listen, you don't have to stay in the condition that you're in. You never have to. I'm glad that God so freely give unto the world that gift of salvation. And it's free for all mankind. He don't play games with you when He sends that conviction, when He sends that trouble. It's not for Him to play around with you. It's so that you can be saved. And that you can know. And that you can be a child of God. 
Listen, there's lots of things in that book that gives assurance to salvation. And I'm going to get to 2 Peter here in a minute. That's probably what's mostly on my heart. But I just need to say tonight that your excuses is going to run out one day. And you've got to know. You've got to know. And you can know. Now I have no doubt in my heart when I pray over this that there's somebody here that thinks maybe something happened to them, but you just don't know. You know, it's possible. I told you a minute ago that God don't give you salvation and then rip it away from you. I work with a man that's tried for months now to convince me that it's possible to lose your salvation. And listen, those folks, they've got Bible verses to sit my back up what they believe. But I know what's happened to me, Titus. And I know that I've never lost it. There's been times that my joy has completely waxed cold. There's been times that I've got far away from sin. But listen, in order for me to lose what God gave to me, I have to be unsealed, unsanctified, unregenerated. I have to spiritually die again. I could not go to hell with a single thing that God gives when He imparts salvation to a soul. And listen, you can have assurance that the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If you would Today, he's not going to rip it away from you today and change his mind. It's still yours today, whether you're feeling it a burning inside or not. It's still yours today, it's still mine today. And I tell you, as the scripture's concerned, that there's been lots of times in my life that my joy and my peace has completely left me. But that does not mean that I was a lost man. And it does not mean that you're lost. He that hath the Son hath life. If you've been acquainted with Him and known Him in the free pardon of sin, if you put His Spirit down on the inside of you and made you a new creature in Christ Jesus, all those old things pass away. And all things have become new. You see, there's folks that just say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Listen, I want to say tonight that the devil is absolutely good at his job. He's better at his job than we give him credit for. We just throw the word devil around like it's nothing. Oh, we have a little trouble at work and we say the devil's bothering us. Listen, if you've come into the contact with the devil the same way that I have in the last few months, he will absolutely wreck your faith. He can absolutely take you to the lowest place that you've ever been. It's not just my word. He also has power. It's not as much as God. But don't you mess with him tonight. And play games. Listen, the Bible gives us armor. It gives us protection. It gives us instruction how we can fight against Him. One of those pieces of armor, and that's what I want to focus on tonight, is faith. So that you can quench the fiery darts of the devil when it comes. It says to take that shield of faith. It's to guard you and protect you. And listen, faith. You might say tonight, well, I've heard preachers my whole life talk about faith, preach about living faith, talk about how it's good to be in faith, but you let one thing bad happen to you. We can say faith, faith all we want to, but let trouble come to your house and suddenly living by faith means something different to you than just the Bible. You let that trouble hit you 
and suddenly faith becomes weak. And it disappears. And listen, in those moments of weakness and in those times of trouble, that's where the devil is the best at deceiving folks. And getting your mind so twisted up, getting your mind so backwards that it's possible that you can think that you've lost it. It's possible that you can think that what happened to me was not real. But I want to say tonight, if you've ever been saved, you're always going to be saved. But He has power. And you know, that's what this text is talking about. It says God has given us everything pertaining to life, pertaining to holiness over in Peter. And it talks about that it's possible to forget that you have been forgiven. It is possible to come to a place where it says that he that lacketh these seven things, it says that he's blind and he cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now, is it possible as a saved person to get so confused and so messed up that that assurance leaves you? Yes, it is. Now, does that mean that you've lost it? No. Does that mean that you are a lost person bound for hell? No. But it is possible for the devil to play with your faith. You say, no, it's not. I hear preachers, and I, again, they mean good things. I've said it in the past before, too. They say the devil can't run you past the last time that God helps you. Yes, he can. He has me. They say the devil can't run you back past the point where God saved you. He's run me back there plenty of times and tried his very best to wreck what happened to the only altar. Listen, the devil works in what is. And it's what is is what's so scary. It's what is is that he plays with the mind. What if you draw your last breath and God suddenly forgets you? What if you thought you was right your whole life and you wake up in hell in shock and in horror? What if what happened to you on the altar that night was not enough? What if you didn't say the right words. What if you didn't do this? Your testimony don't sound like somebody else's. Maybe you ain't got the same thing that they've got. You say He can't take you back. Yes, He can. And if you are not guarding your heart, if you are not diligently adding to your faith, as the Bible says, He can take and begin to make you question and begin to make you doubt the very night that God saved your soul. And it's dangerous tonight. We live in a generation where so many people don't have that one thing they don't have. Our churches, not somewhere down the road, our churches where they don't have their assurance mailed down. Listen, I want to say to you today that if you were saved in one spot, your spot's not going to change. Your time's not going to change. Where God spoke peace to your heart is where He spoke peace to your heart. It does not change. A testimony of salvation does not change from week to week. If you really got the real thing, you'll know that something happened. But that's where the devil works. Was what happened to God. I want to say to you tonight, I want to help somebody here. Maybe you've been saved and you've just not told it. 
Because you and your mind are going over the same things that I'm preaching about. You said, well, I just came. I just don't know. Was it really enough that happened to me there? Was what happened to me real? Was I imagining this? Did God really speak to me? Yes, I know that I felt different. But, but, if the devil can keep you there, you will be no effect for God. Your life will be miserable and you'll never have the peace that God intends for you to have. Never. If He can keep you messed up on that, which is the start of the journey, there's no possibility for you to grow in grace. There's no possibility for you to grow in the Spirit. If He can keep you bogged down in your mind with the way He's got you. And it's a hard place to escape. And you might say, oh, preacher, have you ever doubted? Yes, sir. I'm not ashamed to tell you that today. Because, listen, I don't have all the cape. I'm not Superman. I'm not some spiritually high leader that's so much greater than you. I've been down them same dark roads. I've been tormented in my soul. But in the darkest of hours, if you've got the real thing, it will last through the trouble. And it will sustain you. I can tell you tonight that if something truly has happened to you, you just can't throw it away. You know, if you can throw it away, you probably didn't get nothing. But I know that something changed on the altar at Sycamore Valley. I know that something happened because all of my trouble, just like this, vanished away. And there was such a change that, yes, in my new walk of Christian faith and in my first step as a saved man, I didn't fully wrap my head around what happened because I just didn't know. And you may be there today too. You may say something happened and that trouble went away, but I just don't know. I was there too. You know the Bible describes salvation two very distinct ways. It says it's a peace that passes all over the That's what I got right here. It's a more valley. When that trouble washed away and that peace, it was just the sweetest peace that I've ever experienced in my life. Now listen, you must be careful not to judge your testimony compared to someone else. I'm glad if you saw a light. I'm glad if you heard angels sing. I'm glad that God gave you that assurance for your salvation. But I didn't hear no such thing. And I didn't see no such thing. But I didn't have to. Because the peace of God washes away our trouble. It washes away our and it's a peace that passes under shame. It's one I'd never had before. One I couldn't explain. All my trouble was just gone just like that, and it was gone. Man. But can I tell you something? I've heard people, I've seen it with my own eyes, get saved and come off, of, off the altar shouting. And I'm glad that when they got saved, they instantly had that joy. <laughs> the Bible says that salvation is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you might say, well, something happened to me and that trouble was gone, but I've never experienced that joy that I see the preachers preach about. I've never felt that overwhelming, carried away that I've seen my mama testify about. I've never felt that. Listen, I did not feel that the very second that I got saved. Don't you misunderstand me. I had peace. But you know when my joy came, Brother Jeff? 
was when I got outside. And I told my mom and my daddy that I'd been saved. And my joy flooded in then. <laughs> Listen, the joy will come if you tell somebody. The joy will come if you step out on faith. But it's faith that you need. You have faith enough to believe. And if you've been saved, take that next step of faith and tell somebody. It's not fair to your family and your church family to worry about you. If you draw your last breath, you might be present with the Lord, but they'll weep and mourn for the rest of their lives because they think you're burning in devil's hell and they'll have no peace. Listen, I wouldn't do that to my mom and my daddy for nothing. You know, it's possible. I'm glad that... Listen, I know the devil comes and he does these things, but you take him back. Listen, if something happened to you, you know that something happened to you. Take him back. I know that he plays what he is. I know that he does. He plays it with me. He played it with me last night. You think he don't bother me still? He bothers me still sometimes. But we can know. You know it's possible to know. You know I want to say this tonight, I guess I'll switch gears a little bit. It talks about that he that lacketh these seven things is blind and cannot see fog. You know, you look up what that word blind means, it means opaque. It means looking through a fog. Listen, as a saved person, if you get far away from God, you're not completely blind. But you're looking through a fall. You know the way back home. You know the old knee right way to repentance. But you're looking through a fall. Listen, most of our Christian people in our churches never grow past the night that God saved their church. I want to say to you tonight, that's the only thing they can testify about. That's the only thing they can talk about. And it's good. It's wonderful. That's the first step. But it's just the first step. In your walk with God. It is not the end goal. It's the first step. And I want to say tonight that the devil, even as we age and we grow older, we think, well, it's just those that just first got saved. They're still confused. The devil's playing mind games with them. No, sir. It's people that's been saved 20 and 30 and 40 years that at some point in their life, they get so backwards. It's so possible for the devil to play with their mind. It's so possible that they live in a fall that they forget that they have been forgiven. That's what this verse talks about. You know, it says Peter, Peter over here says it's possible, it's possible to get that backwards and that confused. But he gives you a prescription for it. He says you can help it. He said, if you'll do these seven things, he said, you can ensure that you'll be full and that you'll never fall. You can ensure that your calling and election is sure. You can know because you do this. You know, he gives a list of seven things. I'm just going to quickly preach a couple of them. It talks about adding to your faith. I want to say something to you tonight, and I hope you don't misunderstand me. But in the context of this verse... It says that adding to our faith is our job. It does not say that it's God's job. In the con you read it, 
In the context of this verse, it implies that it's a Christian's job to be the first one to step out and add some faith. Put some legs on your faith. Put some trust in your heart. Go with the Spirit of God when He says to go. It's up to you to make that step. He says to add to your faith. And don't think that God is not going to help you. He's going to help you, love folks. He's going to help you with His Word. Listen, He's not left us here covered. Amen. But the Bible says a promise of salvation is that we're sealed with His Spirit. And it says that we're sealed until the day of redemption. Paul said that he was confident that what he had entrusted to Christ, that he was able to keep it until the day of redemption. He knew that he knew that he knew the day that he prayed for What about it? I mean, listen. You talk about his testimony. A wicked sinner there on the road. A light shines down from heaven that he and he alone... Well, they saw the light and then the voice speaks to him that he and he alone hears. Listen, the scales go over his eyes. He goes, they fall off. Listen, God changed his name, changed his direction. What a testimony tonight. (laughs) Just because... You did not have some grand fireworks show or some grand light out of heaven does not mean that you're any less saved than Paul. It does not. He was confident. And you can be confident. But listen, you know you'll get a little cold in your walk with God. You'll just step far back. Peter in his walk, he's the one that was right. If anybody knows, it's Peter. Because at one time, Peter was so confident that, Lord, I'll never betray you. Lord, I'll never turn my back on you. Listen, he goes to Calvary. He denied him three times. Listen, he turned his back just like that when the trouble came. You say it's not right to doubt. John the Baptist did. He so confidently stood on the riverside and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You find Him in jail, and what's He doing? He sent in His disciples, saying, Lord, is it really You? Is what I believed enough? Is what I proclaimed enough? Or do we seek enough? You think the devil can't take you and make you fall? You are sadly mistaken You must be diligent to guard your heart. It says to add to your faith. gives a list of seven things. It says, add to your faith virtue. You ever want to have peace with God, you've got to add some virtue to your life. You know, you can't get saved today and continue to live the same old sins that you always have. Virtue is a standard of moral purity. It is a moral high ground. It is a level that you aspire never to fall below. And listen, you can be saved tonight and you can get so far away from God that you begin to go back to your own life. Peter did the same thing. He called him away. He said, come with me. I'll make you a fisher of men. You found him after the crucifixion. Peter was on a boat. He was fishing. He went back to what God called him away from. He didn't have an ounce of peace he didn't have an ounce of joy that there. He was in trouble. You can see he was in trouble because his life was in a mess. He was on that boat naked with a bunch of other men. Jesus stood on the seashore. 
He saw it was him and cast himself in the water because he was so ashamed. I don't want to be ashamed when I stand in front of God one day, friends. I want to live a virtuous life. There is some things that you cannot do. There are some things that you must get rid of if you want to have peace and fellowship with God. If you don't want your faith to be tried, it will be tried. If you're out of drinking, partying, sleeping around, doing drugs. And listen, it gives the devil an occasion to glory. Because your life's on display. And he says, look at them. They're a member of the Fed. And look what they're doing. And it makes people lose confidence. Listen, you say you're so sure that you're saved. You say that you're so sure that you're a child of God. Then act like a child of God. Take that assurance and go out into the world with joy and peace in your heart. If you don't add virtue to your faith, you'll be wrecked over and over again. Because over and over again, you'll have to come back to the Lord. And you'll have to test His mercy again. And say, God, can you forgive me? God, have I gone too far? And I can tell you in times that I've sinned and fell away, I have felt in my heart like I've went so far that there was no way back. Sometimes it's taken me months of not feeling God when I pray, not being able to feel nothing when I come to church not feeling nothing when I pick up this Word, and the devil the entire time is laughing. So what you've always believed is not enough. Don't you give him that chance in your life. Virtue will help keep the devil away from your heart. It says to virtue knowledge. I want to say to you tonight that if you don't get some knowledge of this book, you also have nothing to fight with. Listen, you can try to stand on your experience and your experience alone. But if you can't back your experience up with that book, true, real, heartfelt salvation is able to be backed up with that book. I don't have to rely only on what happened to me that day. I can rely on the Word of God. And I can rely that He's not going to go back on His Word because He does not change. But the Bible says that my people are destroyed. Absolutely decimated for a lack of knowledge. Ain't that dangerous? Ain't that dangerous? You know what Jesus did? You think you can fight the devil without the Word of God yourself? What did He have to do? When He was tempted for 40 days, every time the devil came to Him, what did He use? Did He say, I'm the Son of God? Did He say, I'm going to stand with the Spirit of God? Or did He say, as it is written? As it is written. As it is written. Devil, you can't run me no further than the book. Because the book is the book. And it's wrote and inspired by the Spirit of God. And the Word of God can give you comfort even when the devil is absolutely destroyed. You think you can fight? I've seen it in my life. How many of us in your life have spent time and said, God, I want to hear from you? I want to feel something, Lord. I want to hear from you. You'll spend weeks praying that, sometimes months praying that. And you don't feel the thing. Again, the devil is sitting there like this year, saying, 
and you ain't got nothing. You know, I'm a preacher, but preachers don't get special privileges when it comes to learning from the Word of God. I've got the same picture that you've got. Holy Spirit of God. You know, there's times in my life where spiritually the Lord has been silent in my prayer closet. But I go pick up this book and I'll turn over somewhere like John 3.16 where it says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And even though He's been quiet when I have tried to talk to Him, my heart begins to Because He speaks to us sometimes through His Word. And you want to not be destroyed by the devil, you've got to stand on the Word. If you stand on your experience and your experience alone, I'm here to tell you that the what is can absolutely destroy it. And you'll be in a shape where you say, I just don't know. He is trying to arm you and help you in the day of trouble so that you'll never fall. So that you'll be full. So that you'll have love. He's trying to help you. So when the devil comes, you're able to stand. It talks about that. It talks about virtue. It talks about knowledge. It talks about temperance. <laughs> That's taking your body and putting it into subjection. Very similar to virtue. <laughs> There's another scripture. I ain't going to get into all of it, but Paul talks about temperance. And when he's talking about temperance, he's using it in the context of the race. And your life is no different. I told you that salvation's just the start, but it's just the start. There's a race. There's a goal. There's a whole life to past the first day that you got saved. And you know a runner can't run. A race on Saturday morning and Saturday Friday night, he's sucking down cigarettes and eating big cheeseburger. His body is not going to perform at its optimal level if he don't continually work on it and continually Work towards that high mark. Continually turn. Continually talk. Patience. That's not patience in the sense that you and I know. Listen, that patience is more like an immovableness, a steadfastness, a consistency. You know, in the most recent times that the devil's caused me to doubt, it's got so bad that I've just had to say, devil. I have enough faith. And if what I didn't, if what I got up there on that altar wasn't enough, I can't go. And I believe God no matter what you're telling me. I believe the Bible no matter what you're telling me. I'm not going to be knocked off of my mark. I'm not going to be pushed back that spot because I know that I know that I know something happened. You have to have some of this if you don't want to be bad. And listen, this stuff's not like a buffet line that you get one thing, one thing, skip over this. It all works together to mold us into the perfect child of God so that we can help somebody else. You know, I can help somebody that's doubted because I've been there. I can help somebody that has lost children. I've been there. But I can't help somebody that's lost a life. I don't know nothing about that. But I've been down this road of doubt, and if you're here tonight and questioning, I'm trying to tell you that you can be sure 
But if you haven't been diligently adding to your faith and diligently seeking the Word of God and diligently praying and diligently every moment and day of your life moving towards that time home, the devil will find any little crack. And he'll begin to break, he'll begin to twist, he'll begin to distort. And he can make you forget that you were forgiven. You know one of the problems with the Laodicean church and the Laodicean church age? It talks about they're neither hot nor cold. But what did he say? He told them that they were blind and naked and poor and miserable, but blind. Is that not what he said? If you're not continually adding and not continually seeking God, you get blind. He said that. He said it's a danger in church to get blind. Where there's no vision, the people perish. We have so many people in our churches nowadays. I'm about done. We have so many people in our churches nowadays, brethren, that is spending their life in absolute complacency. They're spending their life in little mediocre, half-hearted services. They're spending their life in just the very bare minimum effort that they can give. The devil comes. He sees that weak faith. That weak faith is easy to be trampled on. Listen, and we have a church that's full of people, unfortunately, in the day that we live, that's not grown up enough to see that we can get past ourselves and that we can get past our struggles and that we can get past our battles so that we can help somebody else. You'll never be affected with a lost soul if you spend your time, if you spend your time in hell. If you doubt and you doubt when the Spirit of God comes by, it's possible that you can even doubt that too. You say, no, it's not. It's what the book says. You can't run me no back further than the Word. It's possible that you forget that you're forgiven. And you spend your life just searching. God, can I feel you? God, can I see you move? God, can I be around where you are? But you don't realize how clouded that your vision is. Because He wants you to be full. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to go on in the glory and the Spirit and the power of God. He told me to see He said, if you're blind by eyesight, anoint your eyes. Look again. Take a look. Examine yourself. See if you be in the faith. Look at your heart and what happened. And find some assurance. And stand on it. And then begin to add and work in the church. Add to your faith. And you'll never... Never fall. I don't understand. I, I used to not until the Lord showed me this. I never understood why so many people stood in so much doubt. It's because we have not done what God has told us to do. And the devil comes and breaks us. And it's so hard in those moments of brokenness. It's so hard in those moments of weakness. Because you think in your mind, Lord, if I could just feel you again, that it would assure me He'll come, He'll give you that Spirit, and then the very next breath, the devil's right back saying that was a I'm telling you, friends, you don't need to let yourself get in that shape. If you're here and you're saved and you know that something's happened to you, tell it. Until you tell it, you stay in this shape of what if, what if, what if. What if it wasn't enough? <laughs> 
And I'll tell you, friends, you'll never find joy. Not the kind of joy that you came out. We've got to be careful, friends, not to let the devil in. You might say, Brother Ethan, how's this go along with revival? I don't know. You know, the Bible tells us that if we sow in tears that we shall reap in joy. We think that we need to preach to the lost every single night. But listen, you want the lost to move? We've got to examine ourselves for exactly where we are so that we can see and get a vision again. So that we can see how far that we've fallen. So that we can work and labor and enjoy the words. You say, oh, revival's just to preach to the lost. That's why we don't see nobody saved. Because God's children do not realize where they are. We think we're all right. But we don't realize that we're blind. Don't realize that our vision's clouded. Because we've spent our entire lives omitting the very things that God says will help your faith. I say this to you tonight and then close. How long does it take to read your Bible? <coughs> How hard is it? You can read your entire Bible two chapters a day, five minutes a day, and in one year you can read it cover to cover. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day to help combat the devil. Ten minutes a day to pray. Five minutes a day to say no at the workplace. I'm not going to tell those dirty jokes with you. Five minutes a day to find some charity in your heart. That's one of the things on that list. Five minutes a day to find enough love in your heart to call your neighbor up and say, do you need anything? Five minutes a day to call and check on the church members that you've not seen in months. Five minutes a day. That's all it takes to add these things to your faith. And we can't. It's no wonder the devil has us. It's no wonder the devil has us. If you're here and lost tonight, this altar is a good place for you. But if you're here and saved tonight and you need to get right, and you need to get your vision restored, and you need to see where you are, and you need to get your heart right, we cannot expect these sinners to use this martyr's that we're not living ourselves. Don't happen. While we stand and sing, that's all that's on my heart tonight. Friends, I want to be a help to you. I want to preach sin out of every heart. I want to find joy and peace and power. Because I want to see lost souls saved.